Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjourno. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's not Kino, it's not Maka, it's Brady O'Donnell. How are you, Brady? Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Sto bene, sto bene. I can't speak Italian. <laughs> Sorry. I'm fine. And people will, might know that uh, I'm 51% Italian and I can't speak a word. But anyway, that's a different that's story. That's typically French. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, it's Fromage Friday, oh, Fromaggio, Fromaggio Friday. Friday. Uh, so we've got a good array of cheeses here. Uh, we'll have a look and we'll have a bit of a tasting and everything uh, it, for, throughout the course of this program. But look who is with us as well. Mate, Maka, have you got FOMO? What's happening? You know? <laughs> you, hi, guys. Hi, Brady. Christoph. You oh. dialed me in just to show off the cheese because I'm not there, didn't you? I can't you believe it. You smell it in here. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can smell it from here, actually. It looks good. <laughs> Are you sure it's not <laughs> it your shirt? Good. Well, yeah, I wish. I wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So hey, don't yeah, worry, yeah. we won't eat everything. But uh, we, you've been on an assignment uh, for the last couple of uh, days, so you're coming back tomorrow. We can't really say too much about it, but uh, you seem pretty happy about what happened. Yeah, I am, Christoph. It's uh, I'm pumped actually. I was very lucky and fortunate to go and work on a, on another project, and we'll reveal that later in the year, maybe around TDF. Um, but it was it was yeah. Really, really good. So I'm currently at a regional airport on my way back to Melbourne tonight. I must say, though, I've missed a couple of ripper stages, haven't I? And one being Caleb Ewan, that was fantastic. And then it looked like, gee, it looked like terrible conditions again overnight. I saw a snippet of the last kilometre, the mountaintop finish. It looked wet, yeah. Oh, it was so difficult for the riders. And it kind of rained and then stopped and rained and stopped. So they were constantly changing what they were wearing and it looked very arduous. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'll, I'll recap everything with you uh, if you want uh, tomorrow. But yes, uh, this was pretty outrageous. And you know, for those people that go to Italy, go, yeah, cool, Italy, Tour of Italy, Giro, I'll get a suntan. Not this year. It's not happening this no, year. No, <laughs> I know it is. I mean, it's, Brady, you know, you spent time in Italy it, and especially up north. The weather can switch and change at, at any given point. So it seems like that's what the uh, model is for this year. Absolutely. Maka, I believe you are at the airport and I believe your plane is I about to board, uh, to board, actually. <laughs> uh, so thank you for joining us. Uh, we're looking forward for, uh, for you coming back tomorrow and I'll see if we keep some cheese in the fridge for you. We'll see. Just, mate, I, I don't like the blue vein, just the white creamy stuff, all right? So just put that aside. Okay. Have it at room temperature on arrival. See it's you very soon. demanding. Yeah, well, you, you only know half of it, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Maka. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. <laughs> so, yes, we have the cheese with us. Mm. Uh, but if we talk about cycling, and then we'll talk about the cheese in a second. Uh, what did you make of that stage yesterday? Because 
rain and weather played a huge part to commentate something like this. You, you know this part of Italy as well. What did you make of that stage? Well, it's a very beautiful part of Italy, even with the difficult weather. It was a glorious stage to watch. I think also the nature of it, having um, the initial parts before that intermediate sprint and then the two climbs, uh, the Forca di Pressa and the Forca di Gualdo, um, the summit across the top where we saw Ineos throw, blow the race apart. It just actually had so much to offer. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of teams, they may not have predicted how things were going to unfold everyone goes yeah it's a, a day for the breakaway uh, and the first mountaintop finish we'll be able to see a change in GC but there was so much intricacy within that storyline. Absolutely and then the winner as well uh, Gino Madère. I mean we know exactly what happened at uh, Paris-Nice and uh, Primoz Roglic he was worried you know what he was really worried of this happening again to him let's listen to him. Yeah I think we can really say it like this uh, yesterday was such a sad day with losing Mikel and uh, yeah, today we just say we're going to ride in the honour of Mikael's last GC ambition or lost Chiro. And uh, we put everything in, in the breakaway and luckily Matei was super, super strong. And uh, oh, it's, it's such a nice feeling after, uh, after Paris-Nice, missing so much, uh, so little. And now being on the top step is just like, it's super nice. Were you thinking of uh, that moment in Paris-Nice when uh, Roglic caught you? Did you know how far the riders were behind? Uh, actually, as soon as I was alone and uh, the last survivor of the breakaway, er everything I could think of was Paris-Nice. And uh, there was just that, that sharp doubt in my head that uh, it's going to happen the same. And with just one meter to go, I can finally celebrate. And, like really, really enjoy the moment and now it's just such a sweet feeling. You know you are the first man called uh, Gino to win a stage in the Giro d'Italia since uh, Bartali. Well, Is it the first step for you being a big name in cycling too? Well, it's a big honor uh, to have the same name as such a, such a legend of cycling. Uh, probably never going to be there, but uh, I, just enjoy, I just enjoy the moment now and uh, yeah, thanks very much to, to the team and uh, great work, everybody. Yeah, that, that actually, that, uh, that fact uh, by uh, Jean-François Kiné, uh, the, the guy that does the interview, first rider since Gino Bartali to win a stage named, it means nothing, but it means everything. Yeah, absolutely. Think? And also, look look at this rider. He's a Swiss rider, meaning he's bordered by France, Italy, Germany. Uh, he's such an extraordinary young man. But to have that in the back of his mind, uh, that he was hunted down by Roglic, mm -hmm. uh, and to be, he was so composed when he rode away from the other riders, Molima and uh, Cataldo, he just remained impassive. There was nothing stressed about the, his demeanour and his body. Uh, it was extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the team is, um, the, the, the rider is happy, the team is happy. Let's listen to, uh, to the, the director sportif of, of the team, uh, Franco Pellizzotti. Yes, uh, we are uh, all uh, team happy, not only because we won, we won Gino, but uh, after, the, after yesterday, I think is the best uh, start of this second part of the Giro for, uh, for our team. And can you talk me through how Gino won the race? Because it was a great attack at the end. Yes, we start with this plane because uh, we know if uh, Gino is, was the, the best rider for this stage. And uh, finally, they go all when we spoke this morning. And so it was very much a tactic, was it? You knew what you wanted to do from the start? 
Yes, we try put Gene uh, in breakaway. All team uh, help him for entering breakaway. Finally, enter also Mattei. Two riders uh, in eight uh, riders. And with uh, Mattei, I think today half a victory is uh, for Mattei and half for uh, Gino. And of course for Mikel as well. You probably had him in mind yeah, too. For, for sure. The guys uh, yesterday during the dinner uh, was going breakaway today and uh, was start uh, in good good mood this part of the Giro. And where now? Do you think you can go on and uh, have more stage wins? Uh, yes. Now we when we spoke this morning, today start a new Giro for uh, for uh, for us. We try to win much possible stage during this Giro and uh, try a good GC with uh, Caruso. Here we go. That was uh, the DS from uh, Bahrain. Uh, let's talk about Brady about this fact that they lost Mikel Landa in a in this big crash under the the fracture of the collarbone and several ribs, uh, and the fact that on that particular evening they just went okay, stop it, basically. This is tomorrow is our day, and we're going to win this stage. Yeah, there was no one else could win that stage pretty much. New plan, and all were aligned in it. And even you recall, after Lander crashed, four um, Bahrain victorious riders crossed the finish line together, you know, around nine or ten minutes down. They looked so disconsolate and so disappointed. But they, the fact that they reset so quickly, Mohoric was an absolute superstar yeah. yesterday. I mean, he and Filippo Ganna were like domestique of the day yeah. award. Uh, and to see him ride so strongly in support of Gino was just really, really wonderful. Actually, there was a good footage where they both dropped out of the peloton and uh, Mohoric started to drop in and Ghana just went, I, I'm coming yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the big guys. Although Ghana's a fair bit bigger than Mohoric. Uh, but seeing Mohoric working is a workhorse. Mm. And, and you knew that Madea was in good position pretty much from the, from the not the word go, but as, as the stage progressed, you saw that Madea was going to be a solid uh, question for the for the finish. Look, he went over the top of that first climb in third position, looking absolutely comfortable, barely breathing, mouth not open. You know, he looked like I'm just happy tapping on the pedals, being in the right position. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we talk about the pink jersey, enough talking. More cheese eating. Perfect. So we'll do a little blind test on uh, on the cheese. I'm sure you're going to pass this one. Uh, although they, they might be a little hook in this one. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so I've prepared something earlier. So this is for you. Uh, and then here we go. So we start easy uh, mm. on the on the flavor. Mm -hmm. I want you to try this one. And that. there's a couple. Of, and yes, I've got the thongs because COVID. Oh, yes. Uh, Oblige. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Noting that my eyes are open. So it's not really blind, but I am. Yeah. Oh. I know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not too hard. Parmigiano Reggiano. No. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's this one here. Oh. If the look says it all, maybe this could help. <laughs> hmm? I got uh, you on this Comte. one. No. no, that's the Comte there. No. Ooh. Pecorino. Aged oh, Pecorino. Yeah, it is too fantastic. Based okay, zero out of one. <laughs> I'll still eat it though. That's okay, it's delicious. Mm. You have to pick your own grapes because I can't actually pick them Please. up with, um, with this. So pecorino was the first cheese. Um, it's, it's really a dry cheese, but this one is an aged pecorino. Mm. Okay, let's go back to uh, cycling. Uh, we have a new leader on the GC. It, it, is it a little surprise or not? Did you think he could actually grab that pink jersey realistically at the beginning of the stage? No, and I wasn't focusing on that. I felt like if the gap was substantial enough that it could be Evenepoel. 
or of course, you never know what happens. People crash on a 40 kilometer descent, yep. anything could have happened. But I did not imagine. I thought even the felt like DeMarkey could have rallied he and mm -hmm. his team and his legs well enough to hold on to the jersey. But that was clear. Uh, 20 kilometers in, you could see as the road was going up, DeMarkey was going backwards. So he was not going to keep the jersey for the day. But never did I imagine it would be the first Hungarian to yeah. wear the Maglia Absolutely. And then before we, we hear from uh, Attila Volter, uh, DeMarkey as well, there was a, a nice ish footage at the end where he dropped by, I think, he was seven or nine minutes at the end but he, he had the rain jacket but even though he was still pouring a little bit he took the jacket off to just show the pink jersey that's that's italian pride that's rider pride well and so much pride from other italians he had all his former teammates from bora hansgrove mm -hmm. daniel oss friend of his you know he was surrounded by a battalion of italians and yeah. it was really impressive absolutely let's listen to the new leader of uh, the gc for the giro 2021 it's attila Vater. I, I cannot be more surprised and, and, and more happier, but uh, yeah, I was planning to do it. I know that I had uh, I had the good uh, climbing legs this Giro to, to be better than the first five riders. I just had to hang on with, uh, with the, uh, the best climbers today and I was really motivated to do it. It was not an easy stage with, the, with the such weather conditions, but I could cry. I'm so happy. It's just incredible for me. In the last kilometer, how much did you know about uh, where the others were? the gaps and your chances to get the Maglia Rosa? Um, for sure not everything, but I, I, I try to keep eyes on every, everyone. I know that Vlasov is 24 seconds, uh, Remco is 29, Bernal is 37, and then I see that they are all in front of me and uh, I felt in my legs that uh, I have the power to, to be in this gap and finally it happened. So, uh, yeah, of course the motivation gives an extra power and uh, I, I just... Uh, Hope to enjoy this jersey with the team as much as possible. That was the, the new uh, pink jersey wearer, Attila Volter. Interesting fact to know, you said it. Uh, first Hungarian to wear the leader's jersey at a Grand Tour. And the Tour Hungary is on at the minute as well. And it's on SBS, by the way, on, uh, on SBS On Demand uh, and on, on our Cycling Central uh, website. But uh, what does that mean for a rider to be the first one of your whole country history to actually wear... The, the, the leader jersey at any Grand Tour. Well, if you think about how we celebrate Phil Anderson, first Australian to wear the yellow jersey, the Maillot Jaune, we talk about him all the time. We name that every single time he's at a mm -hmm. race or whenever an, another Australian has the honour of wearing a leader's jersey, we talk about it and reference other riders who've done it. So it's it's being an absolute trailblazer for Hungarian riders. And we know that they're a smaller country compared to Italy and France in terms of the depth of cycling. What I loved in the interview too, I don't know if, if hopefully you're all awake watching, but the interviewer, John francois said to him, would you like to say anything in, in Hungarian? Yeah. He looked straight at the camera. I had no idea what he was saying, but you could feel like the, it was really emotional to see how much it meant to him and for him to talk in his natural language. The same way we see, we see these people who are trilingual yeah. Uh, and they do an amazing job in the interviews, but uh, that was really beautiful. Yeah, and then in the end, you went like this. Mm. So that was that was really from the heart. Yeah, not just you know some of them are go yeah whatever. Yeah, but that was really it was fitting it. Yeah, he knew it was an important moment, I guess. Uh, let's listen to the director sportif of uh, uh, FDJ, uh, Juicy Vakenen. He talks about how and are they planning to keep this jersey for a long time or not? Well, it was kind of a surprise for us. Uh, we didn't have a lot of information for the last uh, three, uh, three kilometers of the race and we didn't have any TV images. So we, we knew that Attila was in front of there. We knew that uh, a few of the GC guys got dropped also, but uh, we didn't exactly know what was the situation. 
So when we heard uh, it from the radio, of course, it was, a, it was a nice surprise for us. And if you look ahead over the next two or three stages, can you hold the jersey? Well, of course, we first of all, we try to savour the jersey tonight at the hotel and uh, see how it goes tomorrow. And after that, we make the plans. That was uh, the DS from uh, FDJ. First uh, remark in my head is a lot calmer than uh, another DS, Mark Madio, uh, which Mark Madio, if one of his guys were going to get the, the pink jersey, he would have been shouting at Twitter. Yeah, and banging his hand on the, <laughs> on the car door like this. You know, that's what I think of when I think of Madio. So a lot, a lot more calm I think, mm. from that side. But uh, mm. how long do you think they can keep that jersey? Well, tonight they should keep it, you yeah. know, a sprinter stage. So that's a great thing for him to wear it today. Um, hopefully no stress for him, although we've seen some pretty challenging finishes on these days. But um, I suspect another mountain stage could change things. We looked at look at how motivated Bernal was last mm -hmm. night. Uh, Dan Martin rode really well. So I, I suspect only a couple of days. Okay. Okay. Cheese number two. Uh, so you guys, if you have any uh, comment, don't hesitate to put them in the box below. Uh, put a thumbs up or like or whatever you do. We like this. Uh, but you can also uh, ask us questions or, uh, you know, have a comment or so on. Uh, cheese number two, Bridie, for you. Uh, this one. This one you should get. And you probably don't need a cracker for this one. Oh, uh. see, I think this is where I, I got distracted with the first cheese. And this was the cheese I was thinking of and hoping for in my mind. That's a Parmigiana. Yeah, correct. It's here. Parmigiana, mm. Reggiano. A little bit more yeah. crumbly. It doesn't have that same, um, it's got more of a bite, mm -hmm. but an element of sweetness. And the thing with that cheese is uh, a lot of people put it on pasta. Mm. You know, it's good. It's great on pasta. It's actually great as a cheese. The flavor, it's really, really strong. So do yourself a favor. Buy the real thing. Don't buy Grana Panado or whatever its name. I don't even want to say the name. Um, this is rubbish. <laughs> but buy the real thing. Spend a bit more, but buy a bit less. But it's so different. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And uh, is that, what, what's your, Italian, your favorite Italian cheese? See if we get it here or not. Well, I, I quite like a Gorgonzola Dolce. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm, maybe. You <laughs> <laughs> play my cards right. Uh, okay. Another uh, guy I want to mention is Bok Molema. Mm. Okay. He was my tip yesterday in the competition, and I thought I was in until two kilometers to the end because he had a hell of a ride, but just could not make it, and I finished last of the competition. Well, it was interesting, wasn't it? He was there trying to bridge across with um, Bouchard. They chased and chased that front group of six for 20 or so kilometers, you yeah. know, and they weren't making any impact. And then after the first climb, they did make contact. He then was one of the last men standing with Cataldo, um, but just you could see him moving his body a little bit more and he was looking more fatigued, very different from the motivation yeah. of Gino. So a great ride by him, um, but I think he'll be a little disappointed. Do you know, Kino yesterday in the podcast, he said, uh, and you can go back and rewatch, but he said, I don't know, my two tips would be either Madère or Molema. And I went, uh -uh, okay, and I went Molema. Wrong. Anyway, let's listen to Borke Molema. Definitely disappointed. I mean, yes, quite close. And then the leaders, uh, yeah, only uh, take me back with about one and a half k to go. Uh, yeah, I think think Mader was the strongest in, in the final on the last climb, but uh, yeah, it was a pity. I, I had to spend a lot of energy uh, to close the gap in the beginning. Uh, yeah, I think I did like 30, 35 kilometers just uh, with the two of us. Uh, so yeah, that was not not ideal. Uh, and after, yeah, I didn't feel so good anymore. I mean, uh, the weather made it even harder. Uh, tricky downhill, so uh, it was, was, a, was a hard day on the bike. 
It was a hard day on a bike. You know, someone is feeling it hard as well. It's Dave McKenzie. Because uh, he just put a comment. You're really rubbing it now with uh, with the cheese testing. Yeah, you know, I said there might be some left. I'm not sure, Maka. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, anyone else before we move on to um, some other controversy that has happened yesterday? Uh, anyone else you want to, to mention? You mentioned Bernal. Uh, looks good. I mean, the back problem is non-existent. I think we can clearly say this. And you fancied Evenepoel as well. Yeah, I did. What I found interesting was we saw all that work by Ghana between the two climbs. Ineos really blew that race apart mm -hmm. and did a remarkable job. They contributed to a Demarkey, you know, losing contact. But then we had a bad situation with Castrovieja. He had a puncture. He rode incredibly well on the front yeah. with that puncture finally had to pull off but it was almost like Ineos got about 80% of their plan implemented Bernal then had to do the chasing it was really interesting he just kept looking over his shoulder he didn't ride with confidence he was riding very defensively and on his wheel of course was Ciccone from Trek Segafredo um, Evanapol and Martin rode really well yep. now Evanapol just didn't look like he wanted to extend himself he just stayed on that wheel and he looked so incredible we've talked about his performance in the time trial his 60 kilos and he was only six seconds off the podium in the first stage. I'm just so excited for this kid. You know, he he had the nine months off over the, after that mega accident, and I really can't wait to see how that super team, the Wolfpack, protects and supports him over the coming two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's have a look at the, the top ten uh, of uh, the rider. We saw uh, Attila Walter is uh, number one. He's uh, is, uh, is in the, the lead. Uh, Evenepoel is second. So he's really not that far. And then uh, Bernal is third. And then we got Vlasov. Uh, um, and then also Yates. Yates is in the top 10. Uh, what do you make of, uh, of Yates? Yeah, he looked good. I mean, he was a rider like Bennett, where George Bennett, the Kiwi rider from Yuma Visma, where you just kind of think, okay, really small, skinny. It was a damn cold, hard day. I think they suffered a little and they were just there or thereabouts. Bennett clawed his way back on with a teammate. So I thought Yates looked good. Um, obviously not the focus of all of our bike exchange conversations nope. on social it's media. Up. It's coming up. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's doing well. But it, the challenge has been that everyone's tipped him. That's a lot of pressure. You're mm -hmm. going into a grand tour where everyone's saying, do you reckon you can win? Do you reckon you can win? Even if you're a cool, calm, collected guy, that's going to play with your head just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, before we move to that, uh, what you mentioned about uh, bike exchange and the incident that happen uh, this one you probably will like mm. uh, i'm sure so i prepared all those earlier because it's easier <laughs> than cutting but it's this you one just here you didn't want me to claw this yeah. off the table <laughs> oh no there's a knife if you want <laughs> go for it oh. um, i'm not gonna have any because i actually don't like ah. that, that cheese mm -hmm. uh, okay oh. you have everything you want so what do you think it is oh it's sticky this is not a curveball <laughs> is it sheep's milk as well tastes a little different Mm. Interesting. You said it earlier. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a Gorgonzola, but now yeah. I feel like I'm failing the test. I thought I was a cheese expert, and now I feel bad about myself. Gorgonzola. I, mean, I like cheese. Like, you don't build a body like mine. I'm not eating cheese, okay? This, is, this, is, <laughs> this is made on cheese, so I know my cheese, okay? It's a, it's a Gorgonzola D.O.P. Mm. Uh, but yes, I don't really like, personally, I don't like a blue cheese. It's too strong. Mm, that's uh, beautiful, no, though. It's a really good one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about uh, our good old friends at uh, Bike Exchange uh, because there was a, a bit of a controversy that has happened. So I'm bringing this. Uh, this is a, an extract from uh, the article that you can find on the uh, SBS uh, Cycling Central website. And he explains very well what happened. But tell us in your own words how you saw this happening because chaotic much? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, as a rider who's been in the convoy, it is crazy and chaotic. And when you've been dropped and other cars are overtaking you, it's hectic and you're tired. But what happened was we were looking at an aerial shot of the Takuni Quickstep rider making his way back. It's like he'd basically taken the acceleration off the pedals. So he was coming backwards much more quickly than, than the bike exchange vehicle realised. They were also, the passenger was looking across to the Bahrain Victorious vehicle. There was an exchange of jackets. So Possibly the attention was diverted, even by the driver, mm -hmm. right-hand side, and they, they bumped into the back of the Dukuni Quickstep rider. So actually that brings me to the question of if you, you, know, you, you, you lived and breathed inside a peloton, but in terms of the DS, they seem to be very, very, very busy people, if not too busy. So in this age where we talk about meter matter, when we talk about be you know, uh, uh, aware when you're driving, don't do a million things, should they not have a driver and then the DS concentrates? You know, of course they, they should. Uh, because they're watching TV, they're listening to radio, they're talking they're to the guy. They're grabbing a microphone, yeah, they're they, talking to the mechanic. They you pick know. up the drinks. You know, <laughs> Should the sport, like should the UCI stand down on this and actually evolve on that system or not? Yeah, but also there's a, it's a resourcing question. You know, you're trying to get everyone into the car that needs to be there, people who need to watch the race, support the race, provide the drinks, and then be able to do a quick change, you know, get the screwdriver out and, and get the disc brakes mm -hmm. off. So everyone's there with a purpose. To add, to add an additional pers person whose only role is to drive the vehicle could be seen to be wasteful or, or not possible for some of these teams. I'm actually surprised there aren't more crashes. Yep. Um, both between vehicles in convoys. I mean, anyone who's ever driven in a car, taken a hot lap of the Nationals course at Ballarat, for yep. example, in a team car, it's fast and furious and you're up behind another car very, very quickly. Uh, I was racing in the Ronde van Trenta, a, a big women's world tour race in the Netherlands one year and a Gauss rider, an Italian woman, a teammate of Bronzini, literally rode into the back of a car, went through the back windscreen, smashed up her and cut her face and neck. I'm surprised she, she lived afterwards. Yeah. So mm. those sorts of things could happen 20 or 30 more times it actually shows great awareness and skills by riders and drivers mostly that it doesn't. And you don't even talk about the public on the side of the road. No. Because one of the biggest fear, uh, and I've seen the Tour de France before on the side of the road, but for me, before working for SBS and actually going to France, I never realized how hard it was to be inside, the, the driving inside, you know, going up Alpe d'Huez or, you know, the, just unreal. But the the awareness that you need, honestly, if I was, uh, if I had to, I mean, it was hard enough for me to switch the radio on, you know, so I can just only imagine how hard it is and how dangerous it is. And I'm surprised, like you, that we don't actually see more of this. So it's thankful we don't, but maybe the time to evolve. I don't know. But anyway, the, 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 the riders involved. Uh, so first of all, uh, Team Backing Change issued an apologies. I think they, they owned it. They could not really hide behind anything else. Um, Interesting fact, uh, Peter Seri, the riders, he was knocked out of Catalonia by a motorbike a few weeks ago, or a few months ago. Uh, not very lucky. He says he's, you know, he understands the apologies and it's all good and then moving on. Still, pinches a bit. I think. Oh, yeah. And look, if you were watching the race at the time, he was absolutely outraged. As You you know, anyone who's ever been hit by a car, you, you fear for your life. So you immediately go into this kind of fight or flight aggressive mode. You're so anxious that you, something could have happened. Then you're really peed off that this has happened. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw Gene Bates and McPartland jump out of the car incredibly quickly. So Bike Exchange did everything they could do to remedy their their own error or mistake, which was really great by them, but oh my goodness! I know, know I'm getting it. I'm getting ready because uh, I just it's, 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 this is crazy. Yeah? I'm so distracted. <laughs> 
This one is. I kept if it I on the ever, <laughs> If I was ever in a hostage situation and had to give away state secrets and they yeah. said, but wait, there's cheese, I think I'd squeal. Uh, but yeah, sorry, to finish on, on back chain, sorry, I disturbed you. Uh, but the DS has been expelled, uh, rightly so, you know, but they, they coped the fine, rightly so. It's moving on, but it's not cool. No. no, and it, again, it's, it's back exchange. You know, we remember the bus at the Tour de France. It seems to be happening a bit, but it's nothing that they could have, you know, uh, maybe done better. I don't know. It's just an accident. But uh, hopefully, thing... like we're not going to talk about. It. Thankfully, we're not going to talk about it more and more and more. Well, what I also think it needs to be called out is just actually how collegiate a lot of these teams are. So, in fact, the distraction occurred because someone had obviously accepted a jacket that was someone else's. This is what's happening all the time. We saw Ganna do the same. He took off a jacket and threw it onto the ground to a cofferdist soigneur. So, those things then, they meet up in the car park afterwards and they say, hey, we've got some of the gear from yep. him or there. So, these teams are like workforces and workplaces that have to spend so many days together on tour. So, you can't be a jerk. You can't behave poorly. That stuff will be called out so people are generally collegiate and supportive and when stuff happens that's not cool like we saw on stage one of the tour de france astana riders attacking in the rain everyone was like hey guys that's not cool mm -hmm. and there's almost a, a kind of a community outrage to monitor that stuff yeah absolutely okay i've done the super domestic uh, and uh, uh, so this one i want you to try and then tell me what you think mm. and i love tom Lips, it's one of my favorite cheese well it's chevre Goat's cheese. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> well, it could be a cow, a sheep, yeah, a goat. It's more a cow. It's a more <laughs> of a cow. It's beautiful, and I'm going to eat it all. Yeah. Okay. I'm giving it away. It's okay. not even Italian. It's not. Uh, that's against the rules. It's not. Is it Swiss? I make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> You're a megalomaniac. <laughs> no, it's French, of course. Oh, of course it is. It's a savant. That is a curveball. It's a brilliant savant. It's beautiful. Mm. I think, uh, Maka, would, you would like this one because it's exactly what you like. Yeah. It's soft. It's gooey. Room temperature. Oh, my goodness. It's perfect. I should, mic, I should eat outside of the mic. <laughs> but I just brought this one because I love this cheese, okay? But it's super mature. And why it's super mature? Actually, it was on reduced in a shop because there's one thing every French person will tell you in Australia, buy the cheese on reduced. Because here, I don't know, calls or supermarkets, they go, oh, sell by date. I need to sell it quick. But us French, we go flavor, mm. flavor, flavor, flavor. So it's cheaper and it's better. So mm. you, you risk nothing with a, with an aged cheese. You just, you risk to have more flavor. Yeah. So this one is it's actually beautiful. Delicious. Show down on the cheese, Christophe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get your perfect body straight away. Exactly. <laughs> I ruined my dinner. Yeah, probably. It's a bit late. Um, anyway, let's go back to uh, some of the cycling, if I can concentrate a little bit more. Um, let's talk about the stage tonight. Okay. Merely flat, a little bump in the middle. I tip Caleb just because I'm an optimistic, but I think I'm in with a chance. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? I think you are, <laughs> statistically. <laughs> He's motivated. He wants to win another one. You know, we've heard Keenan talk on the, Matthew Keenan talk on the coverage about potentially him leaving the race uh, around stage 13, that that would suit him. And, and Caleb flagged that yesterday as well in an interview. So nothing to lose, feeling great, great form, great confidence. Uh, so definitely a good tip. Yeah, absolutely. Who are you tipping? Because you haven't tipped yet. So. No, but I'm, I don't know if I'm next in the list, and I don't want to give anyone uh, any okay, other ideas, okay. but I'll name a few people. Yeah, now, give me give me a cloud I'll of give people. a cloud of <laughs> <laughs> my favorites. Uh, um, well, certainly uh, Nizzolo. So what are we, 11 or 12 second places? Silver medals. Yeah. Uh, you know, extreme can, 
confidence, amazing consistency, but you could see the frustration. Amelia um, obviously is still in the jersey there and performing very, very well. Uh, and I'd say Viviani. He had a strong lead out from his Cofidis teammate and just, you know, Caleb's acceleration in that last sort of 15 yep. metres was so impressive. But actually, I kind of want to see Sagan. I, I feel like he has he has an on and an off switch and certainly the other night was stage five. It was like he thought, ah, nah, not tonight. Yep. He doesn't look like he is absolutely giving it everything and he's going to find that stage where and which and maybe that's what we'll start to see is Bora riding for him tonight. Okay, so if guys from the team, she's probably going to tip Sagan uh, if she, if no one picks it before. It's hard to say. <laughs> I said nothing. Yeah, I said nothing. <laughs> uh, someone is asking me what was the name of that cheese again. It's a uh, Brilla Savarin. Look for it. It's Will Studd. B-R-I. B R I L double L A T space Savar. And it's actually, but I don't want to take any shine of the Italian cheese. You know, that wasn't the, the plan. Uh, although... I feel this is like a Eurovision <laughs> uh, where countries don't align and the votes don't go that way. Honestly, where do you give your douce points? Well, I'm to that cheese, obviously. Yeah, okay, good. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the stage. So that's the stage. Uh, let's go back onto order. That's the stage uh, coming up. Also, there's, there's someone has commented here. I'm going to try to bring it up. The return of uh, Dumoulin. That was announced yesterday, straight after this podcast. So we could not break the news because he broke the news 23 seconds after I ended that broadcast yesterday. Uh, what do you make of this? I'm, I'm actually personally a little bit surprised. I'm happy he's back. Mm. But I'm surprised. I didn't think he was going to come back. I think sometimes when an athlete um, takes a break, it's actually getting to the point of announcing that they're having a break is the most important thing. So it doesn't matter perhaps how long his break has been or not. It was probably that he was in a bit of turmoil before that point. So him saying, you know what, I need to step away and having Jumbo Visma and the entire peloton say, good for you, do what you need, mm -hmm. that for him was the release. So perhaps he went home and he slept many, many hours and he ate whatever he wanted and he felt relaxed and then he's decided there is a race for him that he's interested in. And maybe this is a test, you know, like lots of us, it's like trying to leave a job and you think, what would change? Should I should I change career? What Anyone who's been in that situation. So I think we need to allow him to make these mm -hmm. choices, um, but I'm very proud that he made the decision anyway to take a break and step away. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, you mentioned yesterday uh, Ash Barty did this and look at where she's now. So I'm not saying Dumoulin is going to dominate the world of cycling, but it would be already good to have him back. Uh, and and But I'm personally surprised. I thought he would just, you know, pack it up and then move on. I think it must be very, very hard, particularly as a professional male cyclist of his calibre, to to switch off. Yeah. You know, it's everywhere in Europe in the summer and all of your friends and, and your teammates, it'd be pretty challenging. You can't throw your phone in the mm -hmm. sea uh, and live a normal life. He'd be very recognisable. Uh, people would know who he is in the street. So maybe he started to miss it. And that's a good thing. But question, and we will soon finish this podcast, but uh, do you think, you know, the Netherlands, they're crazy about cycling, okay? But do you think that the the arrival of Mathieu van der Poel is taking a lot of the shine on the headlines from Dumoulin. So he's taking this as a potential opportunity saying, hey, I can actually fly under the radar and go back and enjoy racing, enjoy cycling. Yeah, the whole weight of one nation isn't yeah. resting on the shoulders of Dumoulin. And remembering, of course, an athlete might feel that way. It may not be the case, you know, but if he feels the burden or she feels the burden of a nation, we've heard Kathy Freeman talk about that. You yeah. know, the world would have loved Kathy Freeman if she hadn't have won gold, but she said, 
she felt like if she didn't win gold at the Sydney Olympics, the whole thing would be ruined. The entire, you know, Aboriginal reconciliation would have failed. That's a terrible uh, burden for one athlete to carry. Uh, so I think he would be feeling relieved. Like he doesn't need to be the superstar anymore. He can experiment. He can try. He could fail. And there's Van Matthew Van Der Poel just like yeah. <laughs> hitting full gas in, in every discipline. So I think that probably will help him. Uh, thank you for joining us, Brian. Oh, uh, thank you. This catering has been world class. Uh, thank you. <laughs> All made by me. Thank you very much. Uh, also, we are probably have, there's no windows in this room, but I don't know. We need to ventilate at some point because what you don't get is the smell. This is an old cheese, but it's not friendly. <laughs> it is not room friendly. Thank you for joining us. Uh, this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. You're on tonight again, I believe. I am you know, indeed. And, what time? And tomorrow. I think we're on live from 8.50 Australian Eastern Time. Okay. So, and it's on SBS Viceland, of course. Uh, this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download or stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central, And you can also log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Maka is back. Not sure it get any cheese, but that's a different question. Tomorrow, live again on all the social media platform at 4 p.m. Until then, we'll have some cheese and bye for now. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, fun is fast. Tour de France winner, Geraint Thomas uses it. So too does Mathieu van der Poel and Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a World Tour contract. One of my favourite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing meet-up rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.